Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, Peter has brought in a special guest and that is Bob. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good Good morning. morning. All right, Pete. I'm good. I'm doing very well. I'm excited to hear what Bob has to say and why you've brought him to the podcast. Uh, But we'll get into that in a minute. Peter, in recent podcasts, you have talked about contingency planning as an important part of an overall comprehensive financial plan. You've done a lot of discussion and discussed planning for the unexpected and focused on topics like investment and inflation risk, unforeseen expenses, life insurance, long-term care, Medicare, a lot of stuff. And I know today's topic is another aspect of contingency planning. And I'm assuming that's why you brought Bob today, right? Exactly. Yeah. Today, we're going to have another insurance-related topic. And and I just want to tell my listeners that, you know, no one likes spending a lot of time thinking about all the bad things that can happen. Certainly, no one wants to really spend money on insurance. But unfortunately, in the society we live in, in, in this economic system we have, it's just a prudent thing to consider. So my sense is if you can afford the risk and accept the consequences, maybe you don't need insurance. But my, my sense is that most people would rather pay a relatively small premium mm-hmm. in order to insure a big potential risk. So today, uh, we'll be talking with an expert in the area of property and liability insurance. I've had the, the pleasure of knowing Bob Mansfield since uh, we were in fourth or maybe fifth grade wow. in Wayland, Massachusetts, playing Pop Warner football. And Bob, I think you'll agree that those were the highlight years of our football career. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Bob is a uh, senior vice president of Hub International, one of the largest insurance brokerage firms in the country. And he's been honing his insurance skills for at least 35 years and works with both personal and business lines. And Bob, thanks for joining me today. It's really a great honor to have you here. Glad to be here with you, Peter. Sure. Um, Bob, since we'll be focusing on just a few things that our our listeners may want to consider when it comes to protecting property and and financial assets, uh, let's start off and just give me your general thoughts about insurance and how it fits into our clients' uh, overall financial plan. Well, Peter, as you said right at the beginning, you know, we live in a litigious society and people need to worry about the big risks. And I don't know many people who can afford the big risks. And that's where insurance kind of has come in to help families and individuals with their insurance needs. And they need to protect their assets, not only their current assets, but their future assets, future income from physical losses to their property liability claims from third parties. And so when I look at insurance, I really look at three major things that every family needs. Homeowners or apartment renters insurance, automobile insurance for their vehicles, personal umbrella insurance, which I think is the most important from a property and liability standpoint. And then if you have a boat, a boat policy. Right, right. So those are kind of the three keystones that people should be aware of and, and understand. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's right. When I look at it, I think about it as the as the foundation, the base 
of your protection that uh, that we all need. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a prospective client calls and, and wants to re- review existing coverages. What's your process? Um, what are the red flags you look for, the most common mistakes that you that you might see? Well, I mean, we look for right away if they have a personal umbrella policy. And it's amazing. It's 2019. And I still find people who they think an umbrella is just something you carry in the rain. <laughs> and and that to me is the most important policy. So we obviously look at that. And if they don't have one, they're, they're amazed at how inexpensive it really is for a one or a two or $3 million personal umbrella. But, you know, when we get a new, you know, customer or client, we look at their assets. First off, you know, what do they own and what needs to be covered? Fire, theft, et cetera. And some of the common mistakes are they don't have a personal articles floater for their most valuable possessions, jewelry, silverware, fine art. Um, so I think that's the second mistake we find. Not only is there maybe no umbrella, but they don't have their most valuable articles covered properly. And, uh, and probably the, the third is that their deductibles are too low. You mentioned the big risk is what you should be paying insurance for. We still find people with a 250 deductible on their homeowner's policy mm. or even a 500 deductible on their auto. People can usually afford, hopefully, those small claims, and, but they can save premium year after year with a higher deductible. Yeah. So it's kind of putting it all into perspective uh, for those clients that that might have adequate cash flow to meet those smaller claims. Well, you can self-insure that. Exactly. But it's, but it's the big ones that we really have a hard time predicting yep. and, in, and insuring. And yep. it's expensive. And the big ones, are, I mean, you know, when I think of insurance, hurricane, tornado, lightning, flood, and a car accident. I yeah. mean, those are the big ones that you, you don't want to you want to understand what your limits are and what could potentially happen to you. On the um, umbrella insurance, mm-hmm. could you could you give a, a kind of a general sense of, of what falls under that and, and why someone would need it or, mm-hmm. or want it? Anyone who owns a home with a swimming pool, uh, especially a car, a boat, a personal umbrella is almost necessary because, and when I think about an umbrella, I think about the worst case scenario and why you should have one. And that's an auto accident. Everybody has gone through a red light or run a stop sign without even realizing it. I know I have, and, and you, people I have as well. People aren't perfect drivers or they're driving home and there's sun in their eyes. It's at five o'clock and there's a jogger or a bike rider that they just missed. And they went, Oh my God, I never even saw that person. Well, an umbrella is really peace of mind insurance because if, if, there's an unfortunate accident. Not everybody's a perfect driver. The umbrella will sit on top of your auto liability limits. And that's why I think an umbrella limit is the most important decision that an individual or family has to make. If you own a vehicle or you're driving a vehicle and you hit somebody, it could be bad. It could be serious. It's probably the most dangerous thing anybody ever does every day is getting in their car. And the value of a human life is $3 million. At least that's what on an airplane crash is. So a good attorney if you're at fault, is going to try to do the best for their client and for their pain and suffering or their injuries. And that is where the peace of mind comes in. If you know you have a, if you're in an auto accident, the first thing you're going to say is what's my umbrella limit? Hmm. Because you don't, you feel bad as it is that you may have caused the accident, but you don't want to worry for the next three to four years while you're wondering, well, what could this person come after me for? And that's what a personal umbrella covers. And I think of an at-fault auto accident as probably the most damaging potential claim against somebody. 
So th these are claims that that might not be covered because your limits on auto and your traditional yeah. auto policy are just so much lower. Right. Your your traditional limits on a auto policy are two fifty per person, five hundred thousand per accident for bodily injury, and a hundred thousand for property damage. If you hit a, a three hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini, you know that that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> um, and then your your typical uh, homeowner's limit is three hundred thousand for personal liability, and your watercraft is a three hundred thousand limit. So those are those are the basic limits that you buy on your basic policies, but they won't be enough in a tragic accident. Yeah, and that's why, and it's so inexpensive. Like a one million umbrella for a home, and someone who owns a home and two cars is only one hundred eighty dollars a year. It's the least expensive policy of the three I mentioned, and it's the most important. Right. It just it just covers you for those truly unexpected, horrible events. Um, you know, I always give the example as someone is at your home, a friend of a friend comes and slips on the front, on the front down steps, the stairs. on the stairs yeah. and uh, they sue you. They, you know, they don't want to, but they feel bad and they know an attorney or an attorney knows them and they say, you know, you really should do something. You can't work for the rest of your life yeah. and they have no choice but to. Yeah. 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 Does the umbrella also um, cover uh, attorney fees? Sure. It covers defense expense, attorney fees, and any judgment if you're found to be negligent. Yeah. Such that's a, another reason. Right, exactly. So it's relatively a, a small, small cost and a tremendous uh, peace of mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's really good to know. And one other thing, speaking of assets, when we look at a, a person or a family and we try to decide what is the appropriate umbrella limit, we look at their really their net worth. If they have a 10 million net worth right away, we'll say, well, maybe you should think of a 10 million umbrella. I mean, that's one of the easy ways of trying to figure out how much of an umbrella I should carry. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to protect your asset. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Bob, you, you mentioned earlier um, uh, some other coverages, mm -hmm. uh, flood and earthquake coverage. You know, we live in, in New England. Is that really necessary? I used to think flood was <laughs> only necessary if you lived in a flood zone. And talking about other things that we look for, you know, that might be missing in people's insurance pro program is flood and earthquake are always excluded from a homeowner's policy. A lot of people don't know that. You have to buy it back. And flood insurance, if you have a mortgage, a lender will require you to carry flood insurance if you're in a flood zone. So right away, most of the people that buy flood insurance are required by their bank or their mortgage uh, holder to purchase it. But if you don't have a mortgage or you're not in a flood zone, I would say 99% of people don't buy flood insurance. Right, right. So, but, and I used to think, okay, you're not in a flood zone, you don't need it. But then Vermont happened. Do you remember the, the floods in Vermont? I do, and, the, and even a few years ago in Wayland, just because you're not in a flood zone doesn't mean you might not get flooded. I guess if you live on a mountain or at the top of a hill, you may be okay. But, you know, flood insurance should be understood and understood that you don't have it unless you buy it. And if you don't buy it, it's because you don't need it or you don't want it or you don't expect it. Yeah. And, um, and it's very inexpensive if you're not in a flood zone. If you are, it's, it's a little pricey. And then that's the people on the Cape and the people on. Yeah. But if you're in a flood zone, that's because your risk is that much higher and you should probably buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and the people who have claims usually have them over and over again because yeah. it ha keeps happening. Earthquakes, on the other hand, I would say maybe less than 10%, maybe 5% of our personal lines customers buy earthquake. Because first of all, here in New England, we're not in California. They don't happen as often. But Boston was hit by a major earthquake in 1750. And we are supposedly in a 300-year earthquake zone. So 
between now and 2050, there could be an earthquake in the Boston area. I just have to realize you don't have earthquake unless you buy it back. It's maybe 180 to $200 more a year on your homeowner's policy in, in this area to add it. And some people are just want to cover for every potential thing. They'll add earthquake to their yeah. policy. Sure. Like, why not? At yeah. that level of, of cost, you know, I just think it's, you, you, what you don't want to be with insurance is penny wise and pound foolish. And you don't want to second guess yourself. So right. why not include it? And I'm always afraid of the big thing. And so I don't want to go to someone and say, well, geez, we didn't have earthquake. And after the earthquake. Right. And try to explain that one. So I always mention that one with flood. Yep. I think it makes, it's mm -hmm. prudent to at least consider it. Bob, as far as uh, auto insurance is concerned, could you talk about any concerns or things that, that our, our, our listeners should really be concerned about and, and consider? Well, auto insurance, the first thing they should consider is carrying the limits, that, the minimum limits that are required for an umbrella. So that way, if, if they can qualify for an umbrella, they don't have to buy an umbrella, but at least they'll have the 250000 per person, 500000 per accident coverage for bodily injury and 100000 for property damage. Those limits, I think, are a minimum for anybody to consider, and then they're eligible for an umbrella. But if you speak to attorneys, and I've had clients who are attorneys, they will tell me the most important coverage under a personal auto policy that anyone should have is the underinsured and uninsured motorist coverages. I mean, those are compulsory. Massachusetts, you have to get minimum limits, I think, are 20 thousand per person, 40 per accident, but you can increase those limits to the limits you carry as a third party limit for others. So basically these coverages cover yourself. Every other liability coverage covers somebody else that, mm. you, that you may hurt. And my feeling is you, if you should at least cover yourself for the same amount as you're covering somebody else. We always look at the uninsured motorist coverages because if, if someone is injured in an auto accident and it's caused by a hit and run driver, which can happen, or an uninsured driver, you may have get in an accident with someone who doesn't have insurance because they didn't pay their premium or they were canceled. If, and it's not your fault and you get seriously hurt, you cannot really go after their insurance or them because they may not have any assets, especially in a hit and run situation. But if you have uninsured motorist coverage, you covered for your lost wages. You may not have disability insurance. This will help you pay for your lost wages, any uninsured medical bills or rehabilitation expenses that may not be covered by your health insurance. It's a great coverage for you when that situation happens. And the underinsured coverage just means somebody may have just minimum limits. They mm -hmm. have 20, 40 limits and that's it. But your injuries or your lost wages and lost future income are much greater. Sure. So, so I think that's, a coverage that we look at carefully. And, and what's the additional cost for that kind of coverage typically? That isn't that expensive. It's not like comprehensive collision. It's, it's you know, maybe $50 for, you know, one part and another 50 for the other. Oh, that's it. Wow. Depending what what limit you purchase. But yeah. the, the minimum limits are usually too low. Hmm. And the chances that you'll be engaged in an accident with someone that doesn't have insurance or is underinsured are, I would think, fairly high. Well, it can be, you know, especially if you're like in another state like New Hampshire and, or a state where they don't require insurance, auto insurance, you could mm -hmm. be hit by someone with no insurance. Or a lot of times you'll, you may be getting an accident with someone who just has the minimum limits that are required yeah. by that state. And that's really not going to be that much if you have a serious uh, injury. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Thanks. Mm -hmm. How about for valuables, uh, property, you know, valuable property that, that uh, is, is 
probably both valuable and sentimental, you know, whether it be jewelry or pictures or, you know, how, how should we think about those items? How should we insure them if we should? You should definitely consider it because homeowners policies are designed for and priced for the average homeowner. So rather than homeowners companies charging you for a lot of jewelry and paintings and silverware, which you may not own, they, they provide limited coverage for those types of uh, valuables. And if you are someone who happens to have a lot of jewelry or silverware, then you buy back coverage. And certain valuables like jewelry, silverware, fine art, um, paintings, oriental rugs, they're not really covered properly for theft or mysterious disappearance by a standard homeowner's policy. Therefore, you know, we ask this question, you know, what do you own in terms of those types of valuables and would you want to insure them? A personal articles floater is how you insure it. It's added right to the homeowner's policy or it can be written on a separate policy. And I like it because there's no deductible and mysterious disappearance is covered. Hmm. And this could be for baseball card collections, coin collections, you know, paintings, um, obviously engagement rings and diamonds and things like that. And then there's somebody, some of our clients have a large amount of jewelry they keep in safe deposit boxes. The rate is a lot lower hmm. and they only call when they take it out of the safe deposit box. So people can insure their, their, uh, their baseball card collection. Mm -hmm. uh, do they need to get it valued before uh, actually insuring it? Yes, they need an appraisal. And sometimes the cost of the appraisal is more than the cost of the insurance, unfortunately. <laughs> but when you buy jewelry, I always say get the appraisal at the jeweler, you know, while you're buying it so you get that appraisal for free. But if you have something you're not sure what it's worth, you know, we have appraisers that we recommend to people. And then you can decide. But I think you need to do the appraisal because after it's in a fire or stolen or it's missing, how are you going to prove what it, what, it, what it was worth right. without the appraisal? So whether you insure it or not, you need that appraisal at least to be able to even consider it. Yeah. I know um, my father was looking through his stuff recently and wanted uh, us to have my mom's engagement ring and a great aunt's engagement ring. And uh, he wanted me to, to hold these items for the family. And so the appraisal was more costly than the insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was something that my dad wanted and it was uh, easily done. So, And it makes it easier when there's a claim because you just, it's already scheduled on the policy. You know what is a description and a value. And if it's missing, and I've had this many times, a ring will disappear, dropped in the car, or dropped off the side of a boat, and they just replace it based on the appraisal. Huh, okay. No questions asked. Do, um, as far as making claims, do, do claims on these kind of policies, uh, do they eventually increase your costs? Well, in, in Massachusetts, I can speak for mostly, if you can't really get, and you may lose a no loss credit that you might get on a homeowner's policy if you, you know, a loss free credit that you may be getting and earning year after year. But other than that, they can't really debit your policy or give you a surcharge because you have claims. What happens is, and I think all homeowners carriers have the same underwriting playbook. If you have three claims in less than three years, they just non-renew you. I mean, that's just the typical way that they deal with it. And then you go to the fair plan for a couple of years, you can always get coverage. It's the same rates as everybody else. And then you go back to the voluntary market. So we never discourage somebody from putting in a claim. But if you have a thousand deductible and it's a twelve hundred dollar 
you know, a tree hits the fence or hits the roof and it's $1,200 to repair, we probably would say, and if you've had a claim already that year for something, you may not want to, you may not want to put it in, but certainly if, and that's why we like large deductibles because most people won't put in a thousand dollar, $1,500 claim anyway. Yeah. So why not have a 2,500 deductible all year, you know, every year and save that premium and only have to put in the larger claim. Mm. But yeah, it's, that can happen. That's not good. Yeah, sure. It's, it, unfortunately, it's happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it can happen on the auto insurance. The way the auto insurance works that, you know, if you get a speeding ticket or an at-fault accident, you get a surcharge. Yeah. So they do increase your premium. But if you have a really, really, really bad driving record, like three or four driving under the influence situations, then there's a, a, an excess market or it's a sign risk market called car that, that you'll be put in, but it will be more expensive. Uh-huh. Be like double than what you know. But most of the time, you, you have to be really bad driving record to have to worry about that. Uh-huh. Bob, Bob I, I always think this is just incredibly valuable to, to so many of our listeners. Could, could you spend a, a few minutes talking about Hub and, uh, and what makes you guys different from, from other brokers and, and how you serve your clients over, over the years? I think we just try to do the best job we can in understanding the client, our client's needs. You know, I think that comes first. You know, that, I mean, that's just our, the way we do business. And that means, you know, getting to know the, the customer and the client, knowing what their assets are, knowing what their goals are, making sure that, you know, we're listening to what they need and also educating them. I think more than anything, educating, making sure they understand every piece of their personal insurance program and making suggestions on when they don't have certain things if they haven't had them in the past. Um, so after we do that, um, then... This is where I like Hub. Hub being the largest broker in New England and the sixth, I think, largest now in the in the in the country. We have access to more carriers probably than than a smaller brokerage. So that 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 at least gives us more carriers to go to to get better pricing or get the most competitive price for our clients. Um, and that ultimately will benefit them. And do you see that there's a, a significant difference between certain markets, whether it be a house uh, on the water mm-hmm. in Chatham versus a, uh, a three family in, 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 in Boston? Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that there's a difference amongst the carriers? Would they approach those, those carriers, those, those insurance needs differently and price their products differently? Absolutely. I mean, every carrier, every homeowner's carrier has certain territories and regions that they like to write in. And, you know, you'll find some like Narragansett that love writing on the Cape. And then you'll find Andover that won't write on the Cape. So, and I think the key to all of this is this hurricane and windstorm models that have come out in the last 10 years. And I don't know if you remember the no-name hurricane. It was back in the 30s and it destroyed 10 million trees and it came up into the into New England. Well, if that happened today, homes are where those trees are. And so the insurance carriers don't sleep at night. They think about the worst case hurricane roaring up the coast and what would be our loss. The British Mutuals has a huge amount of book of business. And you know, a lot of these carriers say, well, we don't want to have too much of a exposure to coastal properties. So if you're a three family in Boston, but you're in Brookline versus Winthrop or Charlestown, you probably will have 
different companies who would be interested in writing that insurance. Hmm. And on the Cape, uh, it gets even harder um, because a lot of carriers have retreated from the Cape due to their reinsurance costs being too high that you have Chubb, Narragansett, and other carriers that are that love writing them. So you really have to look at each individual's situation and find the best match, the mm-hmm. best carrier that wants to write. At that point in time. At that point in time. And it, I don't think it's going to get any easier as, you know, global warming keeps bringing bigger and bigger storms and um, more and more events. But the, the more carriers you can offer, the better you are in finding the right match. Sure. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Bob, how, how do um, our listeners reach out to you and, and ask questions? How would you work? How would they engage you to either just get information mm-hmm. or to, for you to take a look at their coverages? Any of your listeners can reach out to me directly like, uh, by email or by my, my cell phone. Um, I can give it to you. Yeah. No, why don't you, why don't you, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving your, uh, your, sure. your, your telephone number? Well, my, my cell phone, which is always available by text or phone is 508-277-9317. And my email is just robert.mansfield at hubinternational.com. Great. Well, Bob, this has been a great pleasure for me and really appreciate you coming in and, and doing this podcast with me. And I think the information you provided was really valuable. I, I always learn something when, when talking about these areas of, of insurance and just really thank you for spending your time with us. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Thank you. Guys, this was fantastic. I've learned that, uh, you know, all these Lamborghinis that are zipping around Omaha, Nebraska, I've got yep. to watch out for. And uh, Well, not if you have an umbrella. You not if I have the umbrella. Store. That's right. <laughs> I will carry my umbrella for sure. Keep that peace of mind. That's right. Keep that peace of mind. Thank you, Bob. For, this is great information. Thank you, Peter, for bringing Bob in. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.